Welcome once again to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am your host, Richard Holdridge, here on a Wednesday, and we are being broadcasted on Noonan Zone, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. I am a local radio show that is being aired from 2 to 3 Monday through Friday on this fine station right after Rod Peterson and right before Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That is a great sports lineup, if I don't mind myself saying so. We have got a great show for you. GPB Sports' John Nelson is going to make his debut on the show. I cannot wait to talk to this guy. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while now. And we're just going to talk a little bit about high school sports. I mean, that's really where my comfort zone is. I love calling high school sports. I love talking about high school sports on my podcast. Had a pretty busy day yesterday. I was the public address announcer for the Shaw Hardaway baseball game. It was such a nice day, even though it was a little chilly outside. This is episode 586. Don't forget, in a couple of weeks, my 600th episode is going to air on tomorrow's show we welcome back a familiar face to the Fountain City, and I cannot wait to bring Zach DeBozart on the show. Thrip Berenger is also going to be on as well, and the three of us are just going to get together and chop it up. Oh, that's going to be so fun. But before we get this show started, I made an announcement on Facebook Live that I am returning to the Columbus Rapids as the play-by-play announcer. I reached out to him. Basically told them what was going on. Felt like I just needed somebody to fill in for me. I really wanted them to try to get an announcer to replace me. And they had a hard time trying to find somebody. And so I just reached out to all my broadcasting colleagues to see if anybody wanted to fill in for me. And I cannot do the games on April 1st and 2nd. I am actually going out of town for spring break. So I will be back up in the broadcast booth on April the 16th when the Columbus Rapids will take on the Tampa Bay Strikers. But this weekend series, April 1st and 2nd, against the Central Florida Crusaders, I am in the works in trying to find a replacement announcer for both of those games. April 2nd is actually military night, so you might want to put that in your calendar. What an incredible World Baseball Classic. This was the dream matchup, the United States versus Japan. Japan wins the game 3-2. to two. In the top of the ninth inning, Shohei Itani came in relief and struck out his teammate, Mike Trout. What a way to finish an incredible event. Japan wins their third World Baseball Classic. First one since 2009. And they did this on back-to-back days after having a walk-off win against Mexico. What a successful event, and I cannot wait until 2026. Congratulations to Japan for winning the World Baseball Classic. And now the World Baseball Classic is over, and now we can focus on spring training. And opening day, which is March the 30th, I cannot believe that the 2023 season for Major League Baseball is going to be here in a couple of weeks. The Houston Astros won the World Series last year. They're going to be without Jose Altuve for quite some time. Who is the odds-on favorite this year to win the World Series? Well, 
A lot of people are thinking it's the Dodgers because on paper, they have the best lineup. But we all know that the Dodgers end up struggling when it comes to postseason play. And yes, they only have that one championship inside the bubble. All right, let's go ahead and get the show started. Uh, The Atlanta Hawks, they bounce back and they get the win over the Detroit Pistons. I'm finally going to get around to talking NFL free agency. You know, the Dallas Cowboys making moves, getting Stephon Gilmore, who's you know been in this league for a very long time, and he just doesn't have the step he once used to have. He used to be one of the best corners in the league. And then Brandon Cooks. He's been a number one for the Houston Texans. He's bounced around this league, and there's a reason for that, by the way. He's injury prone, but the Cowboys feel that they have a good Number two wide receiver to compliment C.D. Lamb. Cowboy fans, where are you at? What are the expectations this year? You don't have Kellen Moore as your offensive coordinator. Yes, Dan Quinn is still there. Is the Cowboys' identity still a stout defense with Micah Parsons? Probably. But like history has shown, Dak Prescott needs weapons. You know NFL free agency still is going on. And Aaron Rodgers has still not officially signed with the New York Jets. All he said is he come out already and said that he wants to play for the Jets next season. Nothing's gotten done yet. There's going to be a lot of moving parts. There's going to be a trade involved. Maybe the Jets give up a first-round pick for Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he is definitely worth a first-round pick. There's no question that Aaron Rodgers is worth a first-round pick. But the Packers think that they got a team to rally around Jordan Love. They are ready to give the keys to the franchise to Jordan Love. Yeah, they went through this before with Brett Favre. You remember that? Yeah, and oddly enough, he actually went to the Jets. I think one team that's really making moves is Carolina. Getting Adam Thielen in free agency, I think they're going to get C.J. Stroud, the number one pick in the NFL draft. Frank Reich is the type of coach that can develop quarterbacks. The Atlanta Falcons, they get Mac Hollins. He's going to be a complimentary wide receiver to Drake London. But the one team I think that could improve, it's the Atlanta Falcons. They have an easier schedule. The division is a little bit weaker. Say what you want. Tom Brady's not in this division anymore. But you have to face Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, and a rookie C.J. Stroud, possibly. NBA action last night, the Atlanta Hawks get the win over the Detroit Pistons, 129-107, to 107, and they are now back at 500. Trey Young scored 30 points, and Bogan Boganovich coming off the bench, and Bogan Boganovich scored 18 points. The Hawks were playing without DeJounte Murray. They are still in eighth place for that play-in game. But they have a quick turnaround because they have to travel up to Minneapolis to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. And then it's back at State Farm Arena this weekend as they will have a three-game home stretch. And these home games are very important. they got to win these home games. Indiana, Memphis, and Cleveland. Speaking of Memphis, Ja Morant is going to make his debut. They are on a three-game win streak. The Memphis Grizzlies have the number two seed in the Western Conference. And in my opinion, the West is wide open. We don't know the seriousness of the Paul George injury. We do know that the Lakers are a half game out of the play-in game. They're taking on Phoenix tonight. 
And the Golden State Warriors can't win at home. Sacramento loses to Boston. They're in the number three seed. And even when the Phoenix Suns get Kevin Durant back for the playoffs, are they really the team to beat? Well, I think it's about that time to bring on GPB Sports anchor John Nelson. He's coming on the show. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text k for k Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's property of the week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre track is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. We are back on the show, and I am super excited about my next guest. He's been uh, doing GPB sports for nearly 30 years now. When you think of high school sports in the state of Georgia, you think of my next guest. It is John Nelson. I'm super excited, John, that you can join me here on the show today. Oh, glad to be with you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, always, it's always cool to talk about high school sports because there's always something in season, Richard. It's always fantastic. And as we all know, uh, football season never ends, if you want to get into that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got plenty of time to talk about football. But you just <laughs> finished just an incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's, there is no offseason in football. But, you know, you just got finished in covering an incredible week of state championship basketball down in Macon. Just tell everybody, what is that experience like calling all the state championship games from 1A Division II all the way up to 7A? We were doing it from two separate locations. We had the, the base crew in making at the Coliseum, and I was the only on-camera talent there to handle trophy presentations, special competitions, that kind of thing. And then you had uh, Matt Stewart and Sean Golden, and out of the Turner Wilkins and Larry Smith calling the the uh, boys and the girls games respectively. And I mean, it was two sets of crews over uh, piecing it all together. I mean, I, I can credit to our sports director, Kevin Gerke, and our uh, front office to have the faith in us to do the basketball championships. I want to say it was for the first time in seven years and uh, to be able to pull it off the way that we did. It was fantastic. 
John, I have to say that the center of the basketball universe has to be north of Metro Atlanta. I'm not just talking about Kennesaw State making it to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history, but you have the Kell boys and girls winning the 5A state championship. Joseph Wheeler wins the 7A championship, and the runner-up just happens to be Cherokee. And to top it all off, Etowa was in the Final Four. I mean, what is so special about basketball in North Metro Atlanta? And you know the talent's there, but what a special season for North Metro Atlanta area. Yeah, no, and uh, when you go through it all, it was interesting for me at the same time in as much as Kel got the double, in as much as Wheeler, that is a program that is getting national attention when you have guys like Arrington Page and Isaiah, Isaiah Collier uh, making their way to Southern Cal after this season and uh, all of the attention that that program is getting. Then you end up with, uh, you, know, you end up with Kings Ridge who comes through as a four seed, making their way through as a state champ and uh, Hebron Christian with Jan Azar and what uh, you got to see from her and for her to be at Wesleyan for almost the 25 years that she was, and then to turn around and in, three years at Hebron Christian win two state championships. I mean, it's for, for me, you know, Sandy Creek and Cedar Grove going at it once more, you know, and that, you know, a lot of folks I know were looking at Sandy Creek and Cedar Grove and going, Oh, region rivals going at it again. Uh Uh-huh. I see how that goes. But um, I mean, right now this season, I would say to your point, yes, there is uh, a little bit that is uh, that's attached to uh, north north of Atlanta or north of I-20 or however you want to phrase it. But at the same time, you've got to give credit to, to folks like Clinch and Charlton and Lee and, and those schools to, to make it to the last game of the year as well. And I know that when, you know, when Hannah Gooden and I have the, the opportunity to, to talk about things in a, in a football universe, I think that this first year of reclassification kind of gave us a, a little bit of a, an idea as to what the universe is going to look like for this year and possibly next. But I mean, right now, when it came to, to high school, you did have a lot of those schools that were North of I-20 making it to, uh, to be the ones that got the trophy at the end of it all. Yeah. All right, John, just tell us a little bit about how you and Hannah Goodwin got that podcast started on GPB sports. I mean, I actually enjoy just watching you and listening to you because the knowledge you have of high school sports is uncanny. It's it really helps me out when I cover <laughs> high school sports in Columbus. Uh, but how did you get that podcast started, and, and where where did the idea come from? Uh, Football Fridays in Georgia that came from uh, just putting our heads together and trying to think of a way to kind of have a a presence that was more than just during football season and you end up with that and and you get Hannah and I sitting in a room and we sit there and we try to figure out, okay, how can we, how can we expand what's going on? And we ended up doing it as we do it as a monthly thing during the off season, but we do it as a weekly thing during in season, because as you know, I mean, there's some great stories that are always uh, around the state and to be able to kind of, flush things out and find out about Northside Columbus, find out about Spencer, find out about the single A schools, you know, Sly County that was making a run last year, those kinds of things. So for me, 
it was it was just a logical extension put forth by our bosses a couple of years ago of okay how can we continue to tell the convert how can we tell the stories and keep the conversation going outside of football season and there's always stories you know this there's always stories whether it's coaching carousel or recruiting or something like that that you can always keep an eye on and uh, there's always that thirst for information that thirst for knowledge and uh, making sure that everyone's kept up to date as possible and hey it keeps me sharp and if it keeps me sharp then everybody gets to kind of sit there and share the same information right Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt. But let's go ahead and breed it back to uh, basketball, you know, because I cover high school sports in the Columbus area. And although none of the teams from Columbus made it to championship week, I enjoyed their run as the Hardaway girls made it to the final four. And, you know, the Carver girls make it to the Elite Eight, the Carver, uh, the Spencer boys making it to the Elite Eight. And I look forward to watching the games on the NFHS network. But when you get to championship week and you get to watch these teams on GPB sports, you get a much bigger audience because you get you get your local audience that actually accesses PBS in Georgia and you can flip through the channels and you don't have to find it very far. I know with the NFHS network, it's a subscription service and you got to pay for the monthly service to watch the games. But I love the service that GPB Sports provides to just the casual sports fan that wants to catch up on their alma mater when it comes to high school athletics. Yeah, and you know, a lot of what – a lot, all of what we do is sponsor-driven. And when it comes to getting corporate underwriting, there are differences in – underwriting and that's what we call it there's a difference between underwriting when it comes to public broadcasting and then uh what you would consider traditional advertising and while that definition and those margins are closing all of what we do at georgia public broadcasting is done through uh is done through corporate underwriting and without corporate underwriting we couldn't do what we do on a uh, uh on a season-long basis and we found some individuals that were fantastic. Our, you know, our, we got some uh, fantastic underwriters that wanted to specifically pay attention to basketball, and we couldn't have done it without them. And to to be able to to have it, and what we decided to do was uh, put it on as many of our different platforms as we could. Let me see if I can get this. We had it on GPB Knowledge, which was uh, the over the air. So if you had a digital tuner, you could dial it up, or if it was on your cable, it was on like two hundred channel two forty or something. Then you had Facebook Live, you had YouTube, you had Twitter, and you had Twitch, and so and the website. So there were six different ways that you could access what we were doing for the championships. And you know, ten years ago, there's no way we could have done that many different ways of of broadcasting a championship. And to be able to to have those kinds of different avenues it, it makes it a lot easier for a lot of folks to access it these days that traditionally wouldn't have had the chance to just a short couple of years ago john is there a possible chance that gpp sports could be broadcast in the baseball state championships that is a discussion for a pay grade that is far higher than mine richard um that is a converse <laughs> that well and legitimately there are you know there's we have currently Football, 
and basketball. Then that is a conversation that that would have to be had for what, how many different tenses was that have to be had. I think that's three separate tenses in one sentence. My mom, the English major would probably just throttle me for that. But that is a conversation that would need to be had among the GHSA, the NFHS network, and Georgia Public Broadcasting. And it's just uh, trying to figure out, okay, what for a spring property could be there, and then trying to figure out if we would have permission to do it. And that's where it would start. The permissions would have to start from the conversations with those first two entities. And then it goes to the entity uh, you know, it would go to GPB and then trying to figure out, okay, is there, uh, you know, corporate underwriting that could possibly do something like that? So uh, trying to find any other championships, it's a conversation that goes between or among those three groups and we go from there. So uh, that's definitely something above my pay grade. All right, John. Some of the high schools have already released their schedule for the 2023 season. We are going to have spring practices, spring games for some high schools in Georgia. I know that I'm excited because you guys feature the high school game of the week on Friday nights on GPB Sports. Uh, really, John, there's there's a lot of 6A and 7A schools in Atlanta that's featured in these games. Uh, I know that it's rare that you'll make it down to Columbus. You know, we only have the 5A school north side, but when you look at the landscape of high school football in Georgia. I mean, you got to start with Buford. I know they were upset and they went down to six a, and they were upset. Langston Hughes ended up taking the championship. I mean, you got Sandy Creek. I know that that was a crazy finish against Cedar Grove, but Sandy Creek wins a football championship. Uh, mm -hmm. But what are you looking forward to the most about high school football in uh, 2023? Spring practice and then practices that mean something before you know it. And then um, the when I get to hop in a van the first two weeks of August and do stuff in, in middle Georgia and in, in South Georgia, the central swing and the southern swing, where basically we sit there and it's like we kind of pinpoint schools. I think last year when we did the, uh, the southern swing specifically and we post all of that video to our different platforms. We put 900 miles on a van in three days. And we visited, I think it was 20, we had, I think 23 different interviews in a three day period, the second week of August to catch up with folks and see what's going on. And then we have obviously the podcast and then we've got the game of the week and things like that. But for me, I always enjoy getting out of the city of Atlanta and getting in touch with folks and seeing the coaches and seeing the landscape with all of the, the coaching changes. I mean, you and I both know that there have been some seismic coaching changes that have happened in the, in the last season, in the offseason. And so for me, it'll be good to, to put the pith helmet back on and get back out on the road and see what's going on. Because, you know, as you and I are talking, it's what? What, what month are we in? Everything's running together now. Um, basically it'll be August before we know it, but no, it'll be fun to get back out there. Stories are continuing to be told and, um, I'm just looking forward to it. I mean, when you got Valdosta and Massel and playing in one of those games in a, you know, in a non-region challenge game at the beginning of the year, those kinds of things are irresistible to me. So I'm looking forward to stuff like that and seeing how does Northside Columbus respond? How does Sly County respond with a young team? How does Spencer respond after what they did last year? Um, 
you know, and seeing how a group responds. How does a Harris County respond? A lot of questions with uh, what's going on in the Western frontier. And I'm looking forward to seeing that just as much as I am what happens in the Atlanta area. And with you being familiar with the Metro Atlanta area, when it comes to high school football on a yeah. Friday, then I know that the, the fan base is a little bit different. You, when you go into these small towns, I mean, it, like what is like the passion ratio for like these, uh, these schools compared to the Metro Atlanta area. And when you get into these small towns, I mean, what is the difference between the two fan bases? Well, I mean, the, when you think of the, the fan bases themselves, I mean, it's tied to the school. And so you're tied to your geographic area, you're tied to your subdivision, you're tied to that, that area that's, you know, that, that has grown over X amount of years. And, you know, I mean, take a Buford, for example, I mean, going from single A to six A and winning championships in, in every classification that they've been in, except this one that they're currently in, to see the, the growth of that kind of a city that and to see that kind of a fan base to see what you get out of a mill creek the largest school in, in 7a um you know those fan bases they're kind of tied to to their particular subdivision and their geography when you get into single a and it was the reason that i wrote my first book was i wanted to explore towns and one of those one of those uh chapters in my first book was about ellaville and it was about sly county and how Sly County came to pass. And, you know, it was a story that I did the first year that Sly County broke off from Tri-County. And we went down and followed Rusty Tundy and Sly County on a game day. And literally we got down there like right at two o'clock in the afternoon, watched them eat in the, the cafeteria. They drove to the Board of Education building because there wasn't a uh, field house at the time changed uh, into their uniforms in the Board of Education building. So you've got like 60 and 70 year old documents of the Sly County Board of Education. And then you have players dressing out next to those, those files. And then they hop on the, the Yellow Hound and then they drive to Zebulon. They have the game against Pike County and it was in a monsoon and Rusty's in his hip waders. And uh, that kind of stuff has always appealed to me because I've always had the, the affinity and the understanding for what it means uh, in an Ellaville, in a Hamilton, in a Greenville, uh, you know, in, in a LaGrange, places like that. And to to be able to see an entire town and an entire county wrap itself around Friday night football and wrap itself around the support. I mean, I mean, if you think if you think about it to this year, Richard, I mean, the support that Sly County got making it to the last game of the year. And then you had Swainsboro the same way you had towns literally and i mean we joke about it but it's true where literally you know the last person out turns out the lights and, and to see that personified where it is all one color i mean when pierce county makes it to a championship game and you see uh, when they were at georgia state how just that one side is just completely and totally pierce county and they bring their train whistle with them and every time they score you hear this massive train whistle and it's amazing and i think wait where where county does the same thing down in waycross for for me I've been able to see it from both sides. I appreciate both sides, but for me to see how a town shuts down, how a county shuts down, and they just throw all of their collective weight behind it. And you see the same thing here in the Atlanta area, in the suburbs, you know, in Gwinnett County and Cobb County with programs in their subdivisions. But it's different from a subdivision 
or a chunk of a, of a roadmap versus an entire city or an entire county. And so for me, that's the, the difference that's there. Passionate, do not get me wrong. It is passionate across the board, but I just love to see how it is in those different elements and those different dimensions for me. I've just always thought it was very, very cool. I do appreciate, you know, just your uh, passion and I've, followed your career for a very long time uh, john well especially since i've been involved with high school sports uh, for about two years now and uh, i really just appreciate the work that you hannah goodwin matt stewart uh, wayne gandy i believe he's still at the network uh, sam crenshaw am, am i missing anybody <laughs> no i just appreciate the work that you guys do at gpb sports no and, it's it's fun it really is and i, I really looking forward to watching the high school game of the week for the GPB game of the week uh, for your uh, Friday night football matchup. And uh, maybe uh, one of these days uh, you can make it down to uh, Columbus. We might get a, we might end up uh, getting the high school game of the week, hopefully. Well, and what we've also started to do is we have the, the games that are exclusive to the web. And so, I mean, we've been in places that uh, we did Cook and Fitzgerald last year as a web game. And it was kind of like a live look-in kind of a thing where we have a, a camera that's following the action, but it doesn't have – there were a couple of instances where Wiley Ballard could do play-by-play uh, -play alongside, but there were times where we went to Dublin and did their uh, – you know, the, the game that got uh, – that was a part of their 100th season and those kinds of things. And go to Cook and Fitzgerald for a region championship. And so we kind of got to eavesdrop on games – with uh, Wiley wasn't able to do it, but it was something that we started last season. And we're looking forward to doing more of that this year with uh, games from all around the state. And we just kind of sit there and it's like, okay, where can we go? And it opens up another, another Avenue for us when it comes to games that we can broadcast. John, does recruiting come into factor when you're covering these high school games of the week? Like a couple of years ago when Travis Hunter was featured at Collins Hill, did you guys uh, make it a priority to get to Collins Hill so you could feature Travis Hunter? combination of wanting to focus on the athletes that we focus on for recruiting insert year here and wanting to come up with good games. I mean, there, there are some folks that just want to focus on who's on their list. We want to focus on the folks that we follow, but at the same time, we want to focus on good games and games that have meaning, whether it's region positioning, region titles, those kinds of things. So, for us, it's a, a more multi-pronged approach than it is for other folks. But, yeah, we do look at the folks that are uh, uh, undeniably the top talent in the state. Uh, Caleb Downs from Mill Creek was an example of that. Um, you know, then you have uh, Juju, you know, you have Juju Smith, uh, Juju Lewis, sorry. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was on my fantasy team. That's why I always get that confused. Juju Lewis up at Carrollton. And uh, you, you wanted to have a Carrollton game on there. You wanted to have a Mill Creek game on there. And it's, so it's part of our approach, but at the same time, we want to have good matchups to where uh, folks are interested in the game and then the rivalry, not just who we would focus on on the recruiting show as our lead-in on Friday night. John, I really appreciate you just being a guest here on the show. Would love to have you back on as we get closer to high school football in Georgia, it's going to be awesome. And really, just congratulations on a successful basketball season. I really enjoyed uh, watching the broadcast that you, Matt Stewart, and Hannah Goodwin, and and just all the outstanding uh, broadcasting personalities at GPB Sports 
was able to provide this basketball season. No, thank you. Uh, you know, obviously, Richard, it was fun to to do that. And for Larry Smith and Tabitha, you know, Tabitha Turner, good one. And for Hannah and for Sean Golden, who was paired with Matt Stewart. And it was good to see everybody. And like I said, to pull it off in two separate cities. Um, I talked for a lot of that time. Suffice to say, on Sunday driving home, the only thing I talked about was when I was ordering barbecue in Gray, Georgia, 20 miles northeast of Macon on my way home, which was out of the way. But when you go to Old Clinton Barbecue, you, you drive there. So that was the only talking I did on that Sunday. And uh, voice is slowly recovering. We're here in soccer season now. So it's, uh, it's fun. But no, as you know, uh, love to catch up with you anytime, especially as we get closer to, to uh, football season. And we'll just we'll have fun and we'll, uh, we'll knock it out. All right, John, thank you so much once again. And uh, thank you, everybody who has listened to the podcast. Uh, Definitely uh, looking forward to having you back. Anytime, my friend. All right, uh, that's the show. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. And I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Bye. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around, fish dinners, open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in, take out, it's Wishbone Fried Chicken, right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around, so great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Suite A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the mold man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM.